The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Virginia's Superintendent of Public Instruction, Jillian Bailo, wants another delay in approving new history standards for the K-12 curriculum. As Ben Pavier with VPM News reports, the Board of Education will decide whether to approve that change at a Thursday meeting. In a memo, Bailo says Governor Glenn Youngkin's new majority on the board has raised, quote, important concerns and questions about the proposed standards. At a meeting last month, one member, Suparna Dutta, said the standards focused too much on what she called questionable concepts, things like servitude, enslavement, nationalism, racism, cultural expressionism over like basic economic principles. The history and social science standards were drafted mostly under Youngkin's Democratic predecessor, Ralph Northam. That process took over 18 months, with input from historians, teachers, and the community. Bailo says her team is also reaching out to unspecified individuals and entities for more feedback. Ben Pavier, VPM News. College enrollment is down nationally, but Virginia State University is seeing its highest enrollment numbers in three decades. The historically black college in Petersburg now has 4,600 students, an increase of more than 8% over last year. That's the single largest year-to-year increase in over a decade. VSU officials say the computer science and engineering programs have nearly doubled. Curtis Coleman is executive director of admissions. He credits aggressive recruitment and an expansion of programs and offerings. Alumni can see that when they came back from homecoming, the excitement was there just to see campus transform into something different from the past decade. Coleman also credits the school's affordability for the enrollment surge. The majority of VSU students are eligible for Pell Grants. Charlottesville is putting new personnel policies in place after a city employee attended the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol building. The new policies regulate social media use and include guidelines for off-duty behavior, according to the Daily Progress. The policies are not retroactive. Some residents expressed outrage that Alan Grote remained a city employee after his attendance at the Capitol was revealed in June. The city announced in August that Grote had apologized in a letter and that no further action would be taken. Belvedere may become the new name of what's now the Robert E. Lee Memorial Bridge. On Tuesday, a Richmond City Council committee approved the new name, according to the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Instead of renaming the structure after a person, the committee chose Belvedere, which is the street that leads to the bridge. Council member Stephanie Lynch represents the district on both sides of the bridge. She says the idea to rename it came from the community. The change still needs to be approved by the city council. Richmond first acquired the original bridge from a private company in 1933. The name was changed later to the Robert E. Lee Memorial Bridge. That name stuck when the city built the current bridge in the 1980s. The candidates for Virginia's 5th District will have their only debate next Wednesday. Republican Representative Bob Good will meet Democratic challenger Josh Throneberg at Hampton-Sydney College, according to Charlottesville Tomorrow. Good is serving his first term in Congress. Previously, he was on the Campbell County Board and worked at Liberty University. 
Throneberg is an ordained minister. Whoever wins will represent a district with new boundaries that includes more parts of central Virginia. The 7 p.m. debate will be streamed live on WSET.com. Republicans are running a TV ad that accuses Democratic Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger of voting to send COVID stimulus checks to incarcerated people, but Democrats weren't the only ones who supported this. PolitiFact Virginia editor Warren Fisk spoke with VPM News reporter and editor Whitney Evans about his fact check of the GOP claim. Hi, Warren. Tell us about this TV ad against Spanberger. Well, Spanberger, a Democrat, is running in the newly drawn 7th Congressional District centered in Prince William County and Fredericksburg. Uh, She's running against Yesley Vega, Prince William County's supervisor. The National Republican Congressional Committee is running ads accusing Spanberger of joining House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in wasteful spending. They say Spanberger voted to give a billion dollars of stimulus money to incarcerated people, including domestic terrorists. While the claim is being made, a grainy picture of Johar Sunayev appears on the screen. He's one of the Boston Marathon bombers of 2013. All right, here's the audio from that ad. She's voted with Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time for trillions of dollars in wasteful government spending. With nearly $1 billion in stimulus checks for prisoners, including domestic terrorists. Warren, is that stimulus claim accurate? Yeah, but it leaves out an important fact. It wasn't just Democrats who voted overwhelmingly for the bills that sent stimulus checks to people in prison. Republicans did, too. Interesting. Now, the ad specifically cites Spanberger's vote in March 2021 for the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan Act. Among other things, the plan sent stimulus checks of up to $1,400 to single taxpayers and $2,800 to joint filers. Imprisoned people qualified because of the broad eligibility requirements in the stimulus bill and others before it. All citizens and legal residents who filed a tax return were eligible for a check. In the Senate, Republicans offered an amendment that would have stripped incarcerated people from eligibility, but it was voted down by Democrats who said the ban would hurt families of people in prison. And the bill passed on a 50-49 party line votes with Democrats favoring it. Then the bill went to the House, and Democrats wouldn't allow amendments. It should be noted that House Republicans had chances to amend the bill earlier in the debate process, and they didn't try to exclude imprisoned people from getting checks. Now you said that Republicans, like Democrats, actually voted to allow COVID checks to go to imprisoned people. When did that happen? Well, there were two earlier rounds of COVID recovery packages that passed in 2020 that also allowed incarcerated people to get stimulus checks. And both of these rounds received overwhelming Republican support and were signed by then-President Donald Trump. So what about the Boston Marathon bomber? Did he get a stimulus check? He did for $1,400, but the money was seized to pay restitution for his victims. Mm, Okay, so what did PolitiFact rate the NRCC's claim? Well, the Republican group said Spanberger supported nearly a billion dollars of stimulus checks for prisoners, including domestic terrorists. And she did by voting for the American Rescue Plan Act. But what the ad doesn't say is that Republicans supported the two earlier rounds of stimulus payments that also sent checks to imprisoned people. And although the Boston Marathon bomber received a $1,400 check, the money was seized. 
So the RNC told half the story, and we rated their claim half true. All right. Thanks again, Warren. We'll see you again. I look forward to it. That was PolitiFact Virginia editor Warren Fisk speaking to VPM News reporter and editor Whitney Evans. Get more analysis from PolitiFact Virginia at vpm.org. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.